welcome back to the Usewell podcast. Uh, as you can see, we have a special guest, or if you're listening, we have a special guest, Brooke. Hola. Except the more frequently I'm on here, like the less special it becomes. But it's nice to be introduced as a special guest. I, I mean, yeah. Compared to the norm, true. Of Casey and I, you know, true. when we bring someone on, special guest. There you go. Yeah. But what if I'm here again? Am I less special? Still, guest. I don't know. Hmm. I don't either. I'm a veteran. I'm a special veteran <laughs> youth ministry. Anyway, I'm happy to be here though, because. Um, like all of you, quarantine has me feeling a little bit crazy, and so it's nice to be in, like, a room that is, like, a little bit bigger than my bedroom, and, yeah, so it's good to be here. Yeah, it's good. Good I'm to happy. have you here. Thanks. So, um, today's topic, uh, Brooke and I kind of discussed this earlier, we're going to be talking about forgiveness and sin. thought those kind of go hand-to-hand and would be a good topic to talk about. Yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we were kind of joking around like, how should we open the podcast? And then, you know, life is just weird right now. And so we're talking about like, how weird is life? And so we were kind of sharing, um, like quarantine stories. I don't know how you guys are getting along, but I feel like I'm, I have cabin fever big time. Yeah. Like I, I don't know what day it is anymore. I'm pretty sure today's Thursday. Today is Thursday. It is Thursday. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've like, I've nearly missed like appointments and zoom calls and yeah. and details because i'm like oh what, what day is it i don't even know what day it is it's so. funny as our last episode too casey was talking about how he's super mixed up with his days too yeah because mm-hmm. i think I, I used to have things that like made my week there were like milestones in each week and they were set on certain dates and yeah. or days of the week and now I'm, I'm just confused most of the time but i'm like wearing jeans today which is Same. kind of a victory in and of itself <laughs> Because I'm notoriously, like, supportive of elastic pants, and especially at home. But I'm trying really to, like, not stay in pajamas all day. I try to at least change out of those elastic pants and put on new elastic pants. (laughs) (laughs) But today I'm wearing jeans for all of you guys, so I may be the special guest, but you're all special to me. Evidenced in the fact that I'm wearing jeans and tennis shoes and even a hat today. I am kind of... Twinning a little bit. We are kind of a twinning. A little bit. Yeah. Without the gray t-shirt. But, I know. What a bummer. Yeah. If you had a gray t-shirt, we'd be super twinsies. Should have coordinated it. We should have. We should have <laughs> planned it. We should have. Um. So yeah, quarantine is really weird. Um. I'm trying not to watch the news because that's depressing. Same. But I've watched a, um, for lack of better unit of measurement, a crap ton of Netflix and Amazon Prime video. And like my new thing is instead of watching current stuff, I'm like doing throwback so i'm watching movies from the 90s same from like the yeah. best decade ever because i lived it um so yeah i'll like, go back and rewatch older movies as well i find that more satisfying to me because i'm like on netflix i'm like what do i want to watch and then it's I like know. i'm just gonna go throw a classic on like i went and rewatched the tremors series what those big worms under the ground yeah and it's funny because it's like this really cheesy horror movie from the 90s and then but they ended up making six of them (laughs) (laughs) so i was like i'm gonna watch all six did you really yeah okay so So. that's pretty good because tremors is like it's embarrassingly like b movie Mm -hmm. and living in the desert i remember as a kid it like it legitimately freaked me out because they filmed it off 395 they they filmed it far from here yeah okay so if you haven't seen tremors i mean at least google like you can probably youtube um like a 
preview or something. I mean, they're terrible. But I will do you one better in that I, <laughs> this is so embarrassing and I probably shouldn't say it out loud, I may or may not have watched the first Twilight movie during quarantine. Okay. Well, okay, so I was a senior in high school when those books were, like, fresh. And a hipster moment. I was one of the first people to like it before it was cool. And the books were, like, not really well written, but they were very, like, you could picture everything. The author mm-hmm. did a really good job with, like, descriptive what, And then it's, like, a love story. And so, you know, as a girl, I was like, oh, my gosh. I, I'm not really into, like, vampire, like, occult stuff. But um, I was in love with Edward Cullen, for sure. Um, first real fictional character obsession. Um, so I watched the first Twilight movie because I found it, like, as I was digging through old stuff in my room. And then I may or may not have gotten really deliriously tired one night and like ordered the five disc set from amazon (laughs) nice (laughs) and um came in the mail and i may or may not have watched all of them in rapid sequence over the course of like 72 hours okay and like tremors it's terrible it's just really terrible it's terribly awesome i remember like some weird reason as a small child i was obsessed with that movie <laughs> really <laughs> yeah like wait which team team jacob or team Edward? no no not, not you, twilight you were not team twilight. Bella. oh tremors okay For tremors yeah <laughs> i i honestly i'll be straight up honest with you i have not seen twilight well i have five discs All i right. can lend to you <laughs> but um no yeah tremors was like my go-to movie as a child okay and to the point of like breaking vhs tapes like okay. that that old you know so yeah. there's um yeah that was like my go-to so i was like yeah it's funny that's jurassic park for me i and yeah. to this day i love mm-hmm. jurassic park i think because as a kid it was like one of the only like scary movies yeah. that i could watch and not freak out Same. about so it's funny because i was I would, I would like to like i would watch tremors and be perfectly fine yeah. but then once it was like jaws or something i'm like nope i'm out <laughs> like yeah <laughs> i'm out of here yeah so hopefully like life goes back to normal at some point in time so we can all become like <laughs> better movie connoisseurs and go. actually go back to theaters That's what I said, we can actually go back i know to the movies. i miss movie theaters i was really looking forward to a quiet place 2 coming out yes by krasinski mm-hmm. um and so i'm bummed out about that yeah. but did you know that the city um or the town and they would put on like um every summer they do like a screening of jaws on this big inflatable screen and they let you sit in the pool Mm -hmm. on floaties i've never gone and i was thinking about going this summer and now i'm pretty sure you can't keep inner tubes six feet apart so i'm kind of bummed about that but apparently drive-in theaters are like just about to tell you that montclair's uh my buddy Vince goes to the Montclair one all the time, uh-huh. and then they just reopened up the one in Riverside. If what? I'm not I think they're also opening the one in Barstow. So yeah. drive-in theaters throwback. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's um, why, like, in recent movie news, since we're <laughs> on this topic, that there's this really cheesy horror movie, mm-hmm. like B movie, that has been number one in box office the oh. last month straight. Nice. But it's only grossed like seventy four thousand dollars. Well, because right now because that's right now a lot. that's all they can watch is that in the drive in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's interesting. It is weird how like watching I don't know. For me, if I can like suspend reality and get like engrossed in a good storyline, mm-hmm. it kind of distracts me from the present discontent with the way life is. Yeah. So I agree. um I love movies. Well, we talk about movies a lot. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so movies are just one aspect of quarantine yeah. life and how it's different, but um, we hope that you guys are doing well and, um, you know, maybe at some point in time, share with us about all the 
silly movies, movie confessions, I guess, that you might have that you're revisiting during quarantine? Because we seem to all be kind of longing for some Mm -hmm. nostalgia, it seems. Yeah. You could comment below. You could text us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could. Mm -hmm. Lord knows we have our phones close by. Um, So today we um, wanted to talk about sin and forgiveness. It's on kind of the master list that Anthony and Casey developed based on student uh, recommendations or suggestions, rather. And so um, this is kind of like, I guess there's potential for sin and forgiveness to be kind of a downer topic. Um, But actually, we were just talking before we started filming. During this time, it's kind of interesting because um, we're isolated. Like, we're we're not around our friends. We're not around certain influences Mm -hmm. that maybe had been taking us on the not best track prior to COVID-19 and so actually like silver lining a lot of us are getting a break from not so great influences Mm -hmm. and are not really like around people who are maybe taking us bad directions so um, Anthony and I were kind of referring to this pandemic and the lockdown and everything as potential for kind of like hitting a reset button I don't know yeah no that's a that's a good point and it's that's true I mean I feel like that is like that reset button and it's like that thing that we we all kind of need yeah. at one point or another. Cause yeah. I mean, there's sometimes where we just feel like rock bottom or, right. you know, like, and then we, we have to force the reset versus yeah, now society's true. forcing the reset, yeah, you know, which is, is interesting. Um, but on, on the same note too, is you see, like I've had conversations with students as well, where it's, um, they're going out of their way now to share church and share the podcast to people that may have never been here before or never been to church before. And I brought that up to to Jan and just like uh, people talking about that. I'm like, it's giving those people the opportunity to see church who are intimidated. Because church is intimidating when you first step in. When you think it's not all just B-movie talk and shenanigans. Yeah, Yeah, it can be a little scary. Yeah, so it's like, it's it's cool that we could see that where it's like maybe people that aren't ready to step into the building are still getting church and and still like picking it out like, oh, maybe this is for me. Yeah, and I think too we're in these times where like everybody's kind of taking a closer look at their own lives and saying what's missing or you know, um, in the absence of some of this bad, what good do I want to add in? And so mm-hmm. I think people in general might be more, like, into the idea of trying out church or, yeah. like, at least considering, um, like, okay, who is this Jesus guy? So mm-hmm. in the very least, the pandemic has, like, shaken us up and kind of made us think, I think, more reflectively about life. And so that's kind of a positive thing. I feel like God is moving um, in those ways. And so if you're one of those people who's like, hey, check out this podcast or watch this sermon with me or whatever. I mean, kudos. That's really cool. It takes bravery to say. And you're probably meeting um, curiosities and needs that your friends have that maybe they wouldn't have said before. So that's really commendable, I think, as well. So um, today we're talking about sin and forgiveness. And and I think for me, um, we kind of chatted about what we would talk about. I think the best place to start with um, the idea of sin is to ask ourselves, like, what is sin? because the world has pretty much decided, I mean, our societies over thousands of years of human history have decided, hey, there are some wrong things to do and there are some right things to do. Yeah. We have like entire like legal systems set up that are meant to distinguish between those two things, right? We have laws. Um, so even like non-Christians believe that there is such a thing as wrongdoing. And most of us would agree, I think, like um, 
hey, don't harm yourself and don't harm other people. Would you do you yeah, agree with that I'll statement? Agree with that. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, don't go around like slapping people in the face. It's not nice. It's not okay. Um, and so, you know, that's even reflected in society. And in addition to that, there's a difference between right and wrong. Harming ourselves or harming other people is not okay. And then on top of that, there are real consequences for when you do something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like the world's like bird's eye view of right and wrong. Um, but what's interesting about like the word sin is we know that it's like bad, right? Yeah. Sin is, oh, sin, what is that? Oh, I don't know. It's, it's doing something bad. But for me, I've been thinking over the last 24 hours specifically, how do we define sin? Because the way that we choose to define it as people who follow Jesus make a big difference in the way we live our lives. Um, so I came to this conclusion, and Anthony, you can share something different if, if you define it differently. Um, but for me, sin is stepping outside of the design that God has for our lives and our relationship with him. For me, sin is anything that God has distinguished as unholy or unworthy of our time or causing damage to us or to other people or to the creation that he has blessed us with. So that's kind of how I define yeah. it. Do you have a different no, spin I mean, that's or definition? Pretty spot on. I'm kind of thinking about it too as like you kind of touch on it is, is stepping off the path. Yeah. Right. Like that's a good analogy, mm-hmm. you know, like the split in the road kind of thing, right. you know? Um, but yeah, like I, I agree doing something like unholy feeling damaged. Um, all those things are, I don't know. Yeah. Or it's right. Cause it's like, um, sin is hard because sometimes our sin involves just us and other times it involves other people right like mm-hmm. we're tempted to say there's all these like varying degrees of sin like well i can do this on the weekend but it's not like i killed somebody um but i think this idea of, of stepping outside of god's design stepping off of the path toward him i mean that's kind of a different way to think about sin and i for me it it changes kind of in my mind like the big picture because if we view everything as like this is right, this is wrong, and be perfect and be a robot. Yeah. Like, life appears a lot less fun or less fulfilling or, like, less interesting. Mm -hmm. And so if I think, like, okay, how does this decision, is this in line with how God designed me to live fully, or is it outside of that? And it makes the decision more meaningful for me, Mm -hmm. anyway, Um, than just being like, ugh, I'm a robot, always choose the right thing. That's my really important, (laughs) that's, like, my really (laughs) important robot impression anyway um so i think yeah i for me i i define sin as as stepping outside of god's intended design for Mm -hmm. living life fully for you it's like stepping off of god's path um that he's calling you on yeah 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 i like your analogy a little bit more too like it i just had a brain fart and i just lost it but um (laughs) yeah right um (laughs) no this um man what was i gonna say this is weird. Um, where's your coffee? Right? Just um, get the coffee. Yeah, just like fuel up real quick. It's okay. No judgment. It looks like soda. Right? <laughs> your coffee for sure looks like root beer. That's all funny is that you say that and that this come to my mind. So Dusty, youth leader of student ministries before Brooke, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> would always drink an Americano from like Starbucks. Uh-huh. And me being so young, I'm just like, what is this guy drinking soda from Starbucks? Like, what <laughs> is it? Right? <laughs> Just realized it was just espresso and water. Uh, and that's kind of how I got hooked on it, too. 
yeah was just eventually trying it and eventually getting hooked on black coffee and that was just like that trend now mm. where i was like i'm gonna drink americano <laughs> yeah, well and it, let's not like forget the fact that it sounds cool to say oh yeah americano. Yeah, have a grande americano and it's funny too there's patriotic. this uh new girl at the coffee shop who didn't know how to make an americano and then the <laughs> the the higher up was trying to yesterday was trying to explain it to her like testing her yeah like she's like so what's an americano and then She's like, well, it's espresso. And we're like, yep. And then what size did he order? He's like, 24 ounce. So how many shots of espresso goes in an Americano? And she's like, a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> like, just... I need to fill up this cup with espresso right now. Yeah. And I'm just sitting in the corner, and I'm just laughing. And that then, would be me. Don't ask me to do math. And then and then they're like, no, it's three shots and then water. <laughs> I was like. See, and I didn't know that. Americano is espresso and water. It's water down That's espresso. kind of a bummer. Yeah. Well, it's funny is it gets the the name from Italy where like people drink straight espresso and it was a the, oh. and and we didn't like strong coffee in America. <laughs> so it's like their term of like making fun of us where it's like we'll water it down for you. Americano. Oh, know. so it's a dig. Yeah. Also, oh, it's it like sounds that's such an American thing of me to say. I'm like, yeah. "Oh, it sounds patriotic." And I yeah. don't know that it's actually people making fun of us. Yeah. <laughs> like calling french fries freedom fries instead of french fries. Yeah, exactly. Oh, interesting. Little sidebar. Well, there you go. Now you're educated on how we define sin mm-hmm. and also the fact that Americans are made fun of by Italians for drinking watered-down coffee. It's also funny, too, that my French friend would get super uh, angry at us for calling them French fries. Really? Yeah. She's like, they're fries. <laughs> how funny. Because I don't even, do they even eat those in France? I don't, I don't even know. know. It's an American thing, for sure. We're so cultured. Oh. <laughs> um, so... So what's the deal with sin, right? So now we've kind of defined it, and my next step is, okay, so how does sin really actually create, like, a sense of distance between us and God? Like, why is sin actually damaging to our relationship um, with our creator? And and the first thing that pops into my mind is God is holy, and we're not. So God really, like, by his true nature is so holy that he can't be touched or impacted by that which is unholy Mm -hmm. so um like god's character he like literally cannot step outside his own character right and his character is it's thoroughly good and it's thoroughly righteous and i think god's stance toward us is he can't he can't behold unrighteousness and like tolerate it so if you're looking at like god's perspective of us and how we live our life and he's like oh they're participating in this like unrighteous unholy um sinful stuff like i can't touch that and like i think his desire is constantly to draw near to us yeah but then we invite these other things into our lives where it's like it's so contradictory to his character that it creates this kind of distance between us Mm -hmm. um not a physical distance i guess it's kind of like metaphorical that's a big word for a it's thursday yeah thursday Thursday. (laughs) um but I think, like, that's that's where the whole salvation message comes into play. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, we sin. We fall short of the glory of God, right? He is holy. He can't – I mean, he's always in pursuit of us. But I think we inch away from him as we choose these things that are so in contradiction or in conflict with his character. Like, like have you ever had a friend um, who was doing something just totally messed up and you were kind of like, man, I, I wish they wouldn't, but you yeah. knew to get close to them in that? would threaten your own like ability to stay who yeah. you are like I had a friend in high school who was just kind of always up to no good and I was like dang it like you deserve better you can you're capable of more 
and like we'll try to tell them like god loves you like you're, you're choosing less yeah right but then like and I tried that for years. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of it, it was almost like I was kind of getting dragged down yeah. instead of him getting lifted up. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's funny that you say that is I just had a conversation literally two days ago about a similar thing. And um, it was with me and my buddy from high school. And we were talking about another guy we went to high school with. And he was super smart and intelligent in school, but he just destroyed his life with drugs. And it was like this thing where it's like it's sad to see someone like that just give up his life pretty much to something like that and i i had this conversation with my buddy and i was like you know it was crazy is that like literally a couple years ago he was asking me about like going back to college and going to film school and i'm like i just feel like i didn't give him the advice or i didn't talk to him the right Mm -hmm. way and then my friend just immediately bites back and says no like don't be in that mindset because that's just going to take you down more right so it's like that like you've done everything that you can you could and don't let that haunt you and don't let that affect you yeah i think that's a good point um and so for me when i look at it like that like i think that god i mean he's more than a friend right um so like we're kind of giving like human examples of (laughs) of the despair that comes with watching somebody live out life in a way that is lesser than they're designed for and so i can only imagine like how God feels when he looks at us, right? Because mm-hmm. he loves us so much more than we could even, like, yeah. love our friends or each other. And um, so I think when he looks at that and he says, ah, you're choosing less, like you're stepping outside of this design, you're stepping off of the path, you're choosing less. And it's not that God ever kind of, like, distances himself from us, but I think we distance ourselves from God by choosing those unholy things because we really can't, like, sit before God and be like, oh, hey, God, be okay with this unholy choice or be okay with this... Um, destructive behavior or this habit that is you know wreaking havoc because he just can't hold those things he's just incapable of being anything other than holy and good and so i think when we try to bring those things to him and make god smaller than he is and say oh yeah god's fine with this accept this like we're really claiming something about his character that isn't true god is good all the time Mm -hmm. and he's holy and there's a reason he looks at us and he can't stand the unrighteousness he sees is because he literally sent his son to die for the chance at more. Because mm-hmm. um, that's the truth of the salvation message, right? It's like God looks at us through the lens now of Jesus and how he secured grace through his own sacrifice. And then he sees us. And so he sees us as, you know, pure people who are accessing grace and who can be made pure. But there is that part of it where it's us, where like in the knowledge of having been made free, of sin and shame but we continue to choose those things mm-hmm. we really can't bring them to god and be like here you know this is what i'm offering you as a response to like sending your son to die for me so um jesus being god and completely holy and, and sinless coming to earth and living out his life and ministry and then dying on a cross and taking on all of like humanity's sin and shame like i think we do that disrespect when we continue to participate in sinful things with this sort of like Meh, whatever yeah. attitude you know what i mean exactly it's so easy to make stuff not a big deal to ourselves yeah that's i do it all the time same right yeah and it's it's easy just to like kind of just blow it off like okay like, yeah i'll yeah. do better next time yeah exactly it's like okay like i'm gonna like 
try to set this goal and it's like, nah, I'll just do it. I'll just do it tomorrow. You know, right, oh, I'll yeah. just do it. And then and then you just get in the habit of just keep doing it. And yeah. it's like Yes. And then things that once seemed like a big deal, like a big sinful deal, mm-hmm. the more you participate it yeah. in it, the less of a big deal it seems. It's just like, oh yeah, well, it, you know, I'm probably not gonna fix that anytime soon. So yeah. you let it fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. But I think we come into this place where like, ugh, who do we think we are? Like how callous are we as human beings to justify these things that we do that we are actually working against God's holiness in our own lives? And how callous and brave and like, but in a bad way, like how, like how could we be so bold as to suggest that God's grace should be that cheap in our lives? You know, like Jesus died for us and we're like, okay, cool. Jesus died for me. So Saturday night doesn't count so long as I'm in church Sunday morning. Or, you know, here's this habit, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think God really cares about it. Well, have you asked him, right? Have we asked him? Um, So I think we're kind of moving into, like, one of the next questions we were going to talk about is, like, we're all broken and sinful people by nature, um, but does that mean we should just give up on trying to live right by God? Um, Is living well, like, and pursuing the holy and the righteous and the noble, is that a lost cause? Because now we're talking about, like, mm-hmm. eh, you know, it's no big deal. Or, like, God gets it. God knows I'm just human. Yeah. And we tend to come up with this very, like, casual approach to our wrongdoing. And so if we're bringing that full circle, like, God's watching us live lives pursuing less than what he generously offers us, and it breaks his heart, and then we're over here, like, casual about it. Um. So I don't know. What do you think? Like, like, what's our incentive to live right by God when it's so easy and so justifiable to choose sinful things instead? I mean, I think it's it's really understanding it um, and coming to terms with it. Because, I mean, we all sin. Like, that's just something that's just going to happen. But not to have that tear you down as well as, like, you know, to m- to m- make that step of like, okay, like I'm going to go to church or like I'm going to participate in ministry. I'm going to surround myself with positive people. Mm. Um, I feel like it's that tipping point and that breaking point where then you've now, we're at rock bottom, but now you're understanding it. Like, okay, like I could come to terms with it. Like I know that I'm going to do bad things, but I'm not going to try to do bad things. And then I'm going to like uh, kind of give it up, you know, yeah. give it up to God. Uh, I think that's like, the kind of point that I was thinking about. And it's like, and then I look at the church and look at the people here that I know and then, and then other ministries too, like set free and things like that too, of like these people who've gone to prison or whatever, and then have had that tipping point and mm-hmm. now are regular in church or like stepping into a ministry or giving their all to that, you know? And it's, it's interesting. And I think it's, something that we all have is a broken past right so and i think it's just to me is coming to terms with that and accepting that and then like you understand it a little bit better yeah i think there's like anthony's right we all have broken pasts i think it's more like how casual do you want to be about your broken present Mm -hmm. because we're still all doing things wrong like yeah but anthony's right and that usually we come to this place of like Sinful things, they're not of God, which means they will never satisfy in the way that, like, God satisfies. Like, our, he's our creator, right? He knows exactly what we need and what we desire on this deeper, 
more important human level mm -hmm. and we tend to choose these cheaper um like pleasurable things right like in in place of those and they ultimately end up like we never feel great no yeah you, know? you end up regretting it you do yeah. or you're like oh this is fun this is fun this is fun and then like whop life's like oh okay here's like this very real consequence to what you've been choosing and you're like wait what like i thought i was invincible i never thought i'd experience the actual consequence mm -hmm. of this decision and um you know god allows us to experience those consequences yeah. he's not like you know throwing lightning bolts at us or anything yeah. but he allows us to experience the real consequences of the real unholy things we choose in attempts to like help us turn and like see his face and see like what anthony's talking about there's an opportunity to decide not to live for what feels good or what temporarily satisfies but to live for god to live how you were designed to live on the path that leads to a really powerful mm -hmm. relationship with him and like i mean i you know it's hard because a lot of the, like sinful things are not usually unattractive <laughs> like yeah. can we be honest like sinful things are usually really attractive to us there's they're they're little like they catch you mm -hmm. you know or, exactly. or they whisper into your ear and like let's not pretend that there's also not like an enemy in 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 the world that is trying to pull us away from god and so you know it's that little like well maybe just once or maybe mm -hmm. just that person or maybe this will be the last time right and so we kind of continually talk like that and we allow that talk and again it's it's super casual and, and it becomes less of a big deal yeah. over time but we really i mean we're never happy no when we choose sinful things over yeah. god so i think you're right with that turning point mm -hmm. it's like are we living for us are we living for pleasure are we living for attention are we living for um, worldly significance or are we living toward like our creator's intended design and path mm -hmm. for our lives to take because let's be honest there's rich rich life and blessing that accompanies that choice yeah i think well it's true and i mean like kind of to touch on well, like what you said earlier about like you know doing it and like regretting it right it's like i was thinking about this too is like the other end of the spectrum is like say like winter camp for example it's like do you regret going to camp oh good do you point. regret like but you probably regret coming down from that mountain yeah you know what i mean because then you know that you're going to step back in the real world and you're going to be faced with these choices yeah. versus being on that what we call the jesus high yeah and being surrounded by 400 people that are all there for the same reason and the same purpose you know I, that's what i was thinking about was like okay like yeah we regret sin but we don't regret doing those things like we don't regret like going to camp or so like good. going to like a worship night or or something along yeah. those lines you know no he's so right i never even what a good point like yeah. when do we ever regret participating in that which is holy and mm -hmm. that which like builds up yeah. and that which restores and makes new when do we ever regret that that's a great point so yeah. maybe that's another question to ask ourselves as we go through life is um hey Am I going to regret getting more invested in my relationship with Christ? Probably not. I think we tend to get a little afraid that it'll cost us something, right? Yeah. It'll cost us some of those, like, attractive, pleasurable, fun things that we think are important. Mm -hmm. But if we actually were, like, real talk, like, honest with ourselves, if we were to weigh those two things, you're totally right. Like, I never, I don't regret any part of my leading youth ministry. Yeah. But I regret some of the decisions that I made 
after I left. Mm -hmm. And so um, now I'm in that place of like getting involved again and like I'm having so much fun, by the way. Um, And I don't I don't regret sitting here on a it's Thursday. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thursday morning (laughs) at all, Um, because I know I'm I'm living into God's design for me to be somebody who is. Anthony and I both this morning getting to speak truth into the lives of mm-hmm. people that we love, godly truth. So, um, uh, one more thing, and then we'll transition to. Well, I'll read the Bible verse that I have selected for you guys, if that's okay, because like we're talking a lot, but we should like let God's words seep into this situation as mm-hmm. well. So, um, this is from Ephesians two, chapter two, and it used to be one of our favorite worship songs, "Made Alive." Um, But the title is totally Made Alive with Christ. So I'm going to read this really quick um, and try to listen. If you want to grab a Bible and follow along, um, you have like three seconds to do so. Ready, go. Okay. Um, So once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live like that, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. And this is like the transition point, and it's the epic turn. Verse 4. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated him or seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. So we've been talking about like we choose these things that are unworthy and less and they lead to regret and death and destruction Mm -hmm. and god's verse is literally saying that we've been made alive so why would we continue to live in our dead old ways um and i I love that the the turning point verse there is but god who is so rich in mercy because that's the truth of it is god can't stand to watch you flounder and choose less than you deserve less than he paid for you um and it just breaks his heart to see us like wedge things in between us and him and our relationship. And but that's how much he loves you. Like he cares. He doesn't mm-hmm. stop caring. And like you sin and sin and sin and sin. And God doesn't love you any less. But he's calling you to live more than you are. Yeah. So his love never. I mean, you can't separate yourself from the love of God. He's just gonna love you anyway. But I would say we're cheapening grace as we continue to choose things that are unholy. And we're living lives of regret for temporary, pleasurable things. And in all honesty, the truth of sin is we're just missing out. We're missing out on something greater. Um, And Anthony's right. Like, there's never been um, a godly thing that I regretted participating in ever. But, I mean, I could list, I could cover the walls in this room with regrets I have for choosing things in opposition to who God is or who God was calling me to be. So, um, one disclaimer is, um, not disclaimer, I guess it's a challenge, is we talk a lot about sin in church, and it, it 
leads us to this place of being tempted to create this illusion that everybody's perfect or that we're all doing it right or that like one day you just decided to follow Jesus and now you no longer struggle with temptation or with falling short and failing. That's not true. Um, you were dead and now you're made alive. But that doesn't mean that we are fake. Yeah. It doesn't mean that we slap a smile on our face when we come to church um, or, you know, don't don't be someone else on Saturday and then and then choose to be like the church kid on Sunday. Because, again, like you're not fooling anybody because we all know that like we're all messed up. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm I'm a special brand of messed up. I yeah. don't know about you. Same. Um, but I would challenge you to be real and authentic mm -hmm. as you look at your life and talk to God about what is plaguing you. What's most tempting? Like ask God for daily relief of that temptation yeah. if you feel like you can't overcome it. So um, we'll kind of segue now into the idea of forgiveness because the Lord knows we need that. And we get that from God through Jesus. But um, I know Anthony also has a desire to talk to you guys today about um how we live out lives of forgiveness with each other. So I'm going to kind of turn it over to you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, like, forgiveness is, like, this thing that we we could be scared of, you know? That's, that's an intimidating thing, too. But once you do it, I feel like it's, it's easy. Like, you find it easier, mm. you know? Like, I don't know. Like, I've had this uh, – People come and go out of your life, right? And that's that's normal, and that's um, especially when you get older. Um, but like losing someone that is really close to you, like that has happened to me recently. But understanding it, and it's like, you know, I don't regret the thing happening. Like I've I'm like I still want to respect said person and be like, hey, like. All I could do now is let them live their life and I'll live my life, mm -hmm. you know, and even though we don't talk anymore, it's just that that sense of like just kind of like letting it go and like forgiving. Like if they want to come back, I'm willing to accept that, you know, so like, I don't know, that was just like the little example that I had in my mind of it recently happening. But. Um, yeah, I don't. <laughs> so can I ask you a question? Yeah, go for it. Um, for you, because it sounds like you're kind of in the process of trying to forgive somebody mm -hmm. for something, um, has that person, like, apologized to you for it? No. No. So, I mean, that, like, that's difficult, mm -hmm. right? I think that that adds a uh, layer of difficulty when, like, we, we want to forgive somebody, but they're not actually sorry. But yeah. um, you kind of describe it as, like, it sounds like it's kind of, it sets you more free, right? Yeah. To not no, be yeah. kind of held captive by... Um, I guess it's kind of like a grudge or or disappointment, mm -hmm. right? Because um, you're kind of saying, well, that person went their way and I'll go mine. And um, I think God, uh, God calls us to forgive each other, right? Yeah. For so sure. for you, like, mm -hmm. you're living into that call from God to forgive that person. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's easy, right? I mean, no, do yeah. you think about it it's not a lot? Or I, th I think about it all the time, honestly. It's like, it's like one of those things that, I mean, if you don't let it go, it will weigh you down, you know. Um, and I've gotten a lot better with it as time has gone on, you know. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those things that you do think about constantly. Yeah, because it hurts. Mm -hmm. I, mean, it, I mean, yeah, I've got a big hurt in my recent past as well. And, like, I'm 
I'm not, I'm not as good as Anthony. I'm like still struggling with the forgiveness yeah. factor because the, the pain is so real. Mm-hmm. And it was like, even when people act selfishly and their desire is not really to like hurt you, yeah. but they do things that hurt you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just really hard to recover from that, especially when it's someone close to you mm-hmm. um, and it takes time. So I'm kind of currently praying for help with forgiveness, a process of forgiveness. I'm, I commend you on having arrived at that place yeah. of, of being able to forgive that person and, and maybe like hope for a restoration of relationship. But that doesn't always happen, if we're being honest. Um, I think you have a you have a passage. Yeah, you have it I'm ready? just pulling that up right <laughs> now. Like he's only doing it. Uh, no, yeah, the the passage I kind of really thought like that came to my mind when we were talking about forgiveness and Brooke and I trying to discuss like this topic beforehand was Matthew chapter eighteen, verse twenty one, starting at verse twenty one. Um, and it's the parable of the unforgiving debtor. And then it says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? And then, no, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 77 times. Well, I'm like, on here. Yeah, I haven't gotten to 77 yet. Yeah. But yeah, I just like that. It's like what, like okay like seven times like is that enough and that seems like, like a lot already and that does it? and it does seem yeah. like a lot but he's like and then he goes back with like no 77 times and he's not and he's not referring to you have to do it 77 times it's that analogy of like never stop yeah to me right like like it's okay to forgive and never to give up with that right yeah. like that like no don't do it seven times but do it 77 times I think it's cool, too. I'm, like, sitting here thinking about what you're saying. You know what's, like, epic about that is you just said, I never regret participating in something holy, mm-hmm. right? Do you ever regret forgiving someone? No. Right? Yeah. Like, even let's say, like, this. there's that whole, like, old adage of, like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Mm-hmm. Like, the second time someone screws you over, for lack of better words, um, then you're like, you've been made a fool by their error because you tried mm-hmm. to trust them again. Yeah. But, like, is that really true? Like, when you forgive someone yeah. and they hurt you again, do you regret forgiving them in the first place? No. Yeah, and it's like, and you have to think about it, too, at that end, too. W- was it you or was it them? Right. Right? I didn't hurt that person. They hurt me. Right. And choosing to forgive someone is a noble thing to do. It's what we're called to do. Mm -hmm. And so I think the temptation, if they hurt you again, is to feel like, gosh, I'm such an idiot for forgiving that person. When is forgiveness ever a bad thing? When do we ever actually regret that? And then in addition to that, like, you're right. Jesus is challenging people not with like, okay, keep a tally. And once you reach 77, you don't have to do it anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's challenging us to like, no, even more, or mm-hmm. constantly live a life punctuated by forgiveness because people mess up. And so, like, even in our relationship, like, mm-hmm. I'm sure at some point in time I've done something to Anthony that he was, like, hurt by, whether I did that hopefully unintentionally mm-hmm. or intentionally. Um, you know, I think there have been times I've apologized yeah. to you, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and um, we, as humans, we have these relationships that are flawed because we're we're two human people so mistakes are going to get made betrayal is going to happen um i think you have to be wise about knowing like hey can this person come back into my life are they trustworthy can they build trust with me or are they dangerous and a bad influence and when it's the latter then you have to give that to god but forgiveness is never like 
a bad thing to participate in. Yeah. And then think about it like, ugh, how many times has God forgiven you for some over the course of your lifetime? I just turned thirty. Yeah. How old are you again? Twenty three. Twenty three. You guys are like between the ages of geez, I don't know, like thirteen and eighteen, right? How many times have you sinned in your life and God's gone to God with sincere regret and remorse and a sorry, please forgive me? Probably if we added it up over our lifetimes, it would be a heck of a lot more than 77. I was just about to right? say that. Yeah, probably way more than 77, <laughs> like, you know, at this point. I don't even know if it's a number that yeah. can be written down. Um, it would probably be represented well, by an infinity And it kind of goes off of like what you said earlier, too. It's like the amount of things that I've done that could fill up this room, like every mm-hmm. wall in this room, you know? So it's it, like that's just crazy, too. Like I'm pretty sure that's more than 77. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know for what I mean? sure. Yeah. Me, too. And so I think the difference, too, is, like, sometimes we are called to forgive people who are not really sorry. Mm-hmm. But with our relationship with God, we tend to, we have to bring sincere sorry yeah. to God. Not only a sorry, but, like, a willingness to change our ways and make that turn. And it doesn't mean you'll never make a mistake again. But when we go to God, we have to remember, like, he's holy and he's altogether good and so our request for forgiveness always has to come from true repentance right true conviction and repentance conviction means you feel deeply the weight of what you've chosen and how it's done wrong and repentance means you make that 180 turn in the other direction hey i used to do the party scene and get really drunk on the weekends and hook up with whoever and I've reached a place where I feel deeply convicted that that's not what God has called me to. It's not what he wants for my life. And I'm also repentant, which means next weekend I won't be joining my friends at a party. I'm changing directions. I'm, I'm, I've been walking away from God on the path that Anthony mentioned. Yeah. And now I'll be turning to face him again and walking toward him and his um, love and redemption and mercy. But it really takes those two things from us as a believer um, and sometimes it's hard to reach that point because yeah. again, sometimes we want to pretend things aren't a big deal, but when you arrive at that point of knowledge of this is wrong and this has broken things and, and caused division between God and I, and you sincerely feel sorry and you sincerely are ready to change, that's when God's forgiveness comes through and restores things in ways that I mean are even more than you expected. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. we're now just strictly audio, so. Aha! Uh-huh. We ran out of storage. We've gone dark. Things. But it's okay. Will it have saved everything up yeah. until that mm-hmm. point? Yeah, we're cool. good. But um, yeah, I mean, we're we have like ten more minutes anyway, so oh. yeah. Okay. Am I froze? Am I gonna be like frozen on the screen? Um, I'm gonna eternity? put no. You're I'm gonna put like a logo or something? Yeah, I I do that. Cool. Like yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So now I can be like standing on my head for this portion, and no one would know. Exactly. All right then. Hold on. <laughs> Here we go, standing upside down on my head. Just kidding. That was a lie. I'm sincerely sorry. I promise to change my ways. Lord, please <laughs> forgive me. <laughs> but yeah, so like back on onto that topic too, what you were talking about is is also that, that thing now where we're not as tempted much because of uh, like that reset button, right? Yeah, like, pandemic like that. reset button. But that's not saying that you're suffering from other demons, right? right? Like that's, I mean, now we're looking at, at other things versus like being tempted around being around the wrong people yeah you know true 
I think that's very true because as we all kind of are pressed and challenged by the circumstances, mm-hmm. it the Anthony's right. It may be that you know you're not hanging out with these people who are a bad influence, but maybe it's that you have access to things that you shouldn't be viewing or participating in, um, or supporting with your time and your energy mm-hmm. and your focus. So um, I think that's wise to mention because just um, the pandemic is challenging and, and we're all struggling. And you know we get tempted usually when we're at our weakest not at our strongest in our relationship with God so I think the best place to kind of bring this um, podcast to as like full circle is a challenge to you guys to really consider how you spend your time with God during this pandemic and the lockdown order Mm -hmm. are you like working through your bibles are you talking to youth leaders or trusted Christian friends who are trying to guide you in the right direction because as much as like here's like a silly example like, I should be, like, super fit by now, right? Like, I've had all this time to work out. I always right. complain I don't have yeah. time. But I've just been, like, eating crappy food and mm-hmm. more of it. So I'm actually kind of, like, gaining weight during quarantine when I could be, like, really, like, using this time strategically to be at my physical best. Yeah. So, like, same thing with our relationships with God. Like, mm-hmm. are we getting kind of sluggish and lazy and frustrated with him during this time? Or are we, like, getting out there and investing time and energy in our relationship? Getting to know him better. Mm-hmm. Like, asking him to purge us of these temptations that might be new with quarantine and helping um, us to run away from the ones that maybe were present before quarantine. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the truth of it is, is life isn't all about the bad you take out of your life. It's about the good you add in. So like Anthony is saying, he has been saying, he's never regretted going to winter camp, right? I've never regretted going to winter camp. It's an example of a good thing we add in. Mm-hmm. It's not just about the bad you take out. Yeah. It's about what God uses to replace that and give you more of mm-hmm. when you surrender to him in a meaningful way. Yeah. It's like those like little like random acts of kindness and things like that too. Like that just fills you, you know, like that joy, right? It like it, and it's, yeah, it's something we don't regret. Like, oh, I don't regret giving that homeless person a recyclable, you know? Yeah. I don't regret going to winter camp. You know, um, I don't regret talking to a friend that is in need, right? Like, I don't know. Like, I like what you said is that it's not about the bad that we get rid of, but the good that we add in. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that. That's a like a good little quote right there. Yeah, we're um, just getting like, just get your sin out of the way. Yeah. It's just standing between you and like awesome sauce, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> we're just living out less. than God intends for us. And that's just a silly waste to like, just move the sin out of the way. The things that you believe you may love or find gratification in, Mm -hmm. trust me, they pale in comparison to the things that God has in store for you when you fully surrender to a meaningful relationship with him. Yeah. Like to the extent that you probably won't miss those old crappy things anyway, Mm because you'll be so like preoccupied with the beauty of what God has set in front of you and the goodness of those things that you'll be like, wow, I'm so glad I invited this into my life. Not, man, I so miss those things I invited out. Yeah. So things to think about mm-hmm. during COVID-19. Yeah, and that being said, too, is that, like, if you guys need someone to talk to, we're here. Agreed. You know, we're, we're, Brooke is here. I'm here. You know, the well Instagram, if you want to DM us there, you know, text us, whatever you need to do, if you need that encouragement or if you – just need someone to talk to we're here for you guys and we would love to do that for you um yeah do you have any closing thoughts 
<laughs> and that's it. Right. I think I'm now I'm you know trying to think of which B movie I'll watch next. There you go. <laughs> right. I might have to make a trip back you to Tremors. To <laughs> it's on Netflix. <laughs> oh no, okay. I'll be watching Tremors in the next <laughs> 24 hours. <laughs> All right. Um, would you like to pray for us? Yeah, we'll I would love thing? to pray for us. All right. Lord, I pray for um, every youth student and um, potentially other person who's watching this podcast. Um, Lord, it's we're human, and it's it's difficult not to be tempted toward things that are less than what you designed for us, or off the path that you're calling us to walk with you. Um, the truth is, is it's just difficult, and we downplay things, and and we like how something feels or makes us feel, or we like being self-important or we like being lazy or we like being um, completely focused on destructive things that are masked as good things and we tend to make those not a big deal we tend to kind of relax and get casual about those things lord but my prayer for myself and for everybody else listening god is that you would make us aware of the danger of those things um, not just because they have real life consequences that come with them but because they really are keeping us from drawing near to you. So God, I ask that you would help us release those things, that you would help us let go and move those things out of the way so that we can pursue authentic and meaningful relationship with you. You created us, you know in us in and out, you know exactly what we need, what we crave, what we truly desire. And so I ask that you would keep us occupied with those thoughts and not of lesser things. God, I pray that you help us dwell on whatever is right and true and noble and holy um, and pure. And especially during this quarantine, quarantine, I ask that you support these students by um, helping them let go of old temptations and helping them dodge new ones and instead um, draw close to them in a way that your presence is tangibly felt and they're encouraged to check you out further, to like invest in their relationship with you, to consider things that they might do in a day that they would never in a million years regret, like showing your kindness to the world or being active um, in their church family in some creative way. So I thank you for this youth ministry and for Anthony's leadership and Casey too, even though he's not here with us today. Um, and I just ask that you would continue to keep us all safe and well and that students who need encouragement would reach out. And we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. All right. Bye, guys. Hasta Thank you. Uh, you we, we never know how to close these things, but you probably listen to us next week. So, um, yeah. We could close it with, like, some original theme music. Right. I think I ripped that off from someone. I was just about to say, the, the, <laughs> the beginning note sounded like a final count. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right.